Devin here with my man Chance giving us the baseball scoop. Chance, first of all, how are you doing? Great, man. How about yourself? Oh, uh, not too bad. So Chance is now working for a minor league baseball team, correct, Chance? So I will have to correct you. It's a summer league. We're in the Coastal Plains League. So yes, sir. Down okay, in Moorhead City Marlins, down here in Moorhead, down here in Carteret County. So uh if you're down at the coast, come come see the Marlins play a game this year. It's a really fun atmosphere, really fun area. Um, Going to be working for them. So, yeah, a little summer league, college league team. So, uh, so yeah, got a couple guys from a couple D1 squads. Got a starting pitcher from Long Beach State coming to us. Got a couple guys from Kansas. Got a couple guys from Nevada coming to us. Haven't finalized the roster quite yet, but it's going to be um, – the Marlins won the Pettit Cup in 2018 and 2019, so the Marlins are always pretty competitive, so it should be a fun year. All right, so educate me on this. I assume minor league, but it's I get it now, summer league. How do they put the rosters together for one of those things? So they just kind of recruit players from area schools um, and kind of throw the roster together, or not even area schools, just kind of colleges around, around um, just at, the, at any level, really. I mean – You'll have guys playing NAIA and D3, and you'll have guys playing D1 on the same roster. Most of your big-name ACC players will head up north to um, – shoot, what's the uh, what's the league up there up north that's so popular? The, um, the Cape League. Um, the Cape Cod League up there. Um, that, that's really popular amongst most of your big-name um, SEC, ACC guys. But there will be a couple ACC guys in the Coastal Plains League up up around the Wake County way. The Holly Springs Salamanders are in our division. We play the Wilson Tobbs. Um, we play, let's see, the Edenton Steamers. The Wilmington Sharks are our big rival. Um, and you'll also see, you see them interacting on Twitter all the time, all the time. The Macon Bacon and the Savannah Bananas are both <laughs> in the CPL. So, um our first game is next Thursday. First home game is next Friday. We've got a huge concert before the game, Memorial Day Sunday, with country singer Mitchell Tenpenny. So that's really exciting. So um, the, our uh, our ownership and full time staff does an awful, awesome job. So I'm really looking forward to this, man. I'm any chance for me to go sit and work and do something at a baseball stadium is good. So so yeah. What do these kids get out of it? Do they get paid? I mean, they can't get paid, right? The, the college, college players do. I mean, it's just it's just summer ball with swinging a bat. All of these summer leagues are wood bat leagues, so they get some experience swinging with the pros. Okay. It's a bit of a change up for them. Um, okay, it's a bit of a change for them, but it it is interesting. And look, it's it's a good time. Um, it's a good time. It's fun. And if you come to one of our games, I'm going to tell all the red and white listeners ahead of time. So we have a ticket that you can order online to every game. Uh, I think it is $20 every game except for some of our specialty games like the concert. Uh, don't quote me on that. I think it's 20 but it, it is an all-you-can-eat ticket. You come to the game, you get all-you-can-eat burgers, all-you-can-eat hot dogs, all-you-can-eat chips, all-you-can-eat cookies, and all-you-can-eat all-you-can-drink sodas for $20. <laughs> Does that not sound like a deal? 
That's when insane, you man. City all day. Does that not sound like a deal? That's insane. That's awesome. Well, <clears throat> good luck with that. I know you'll have fun with that this summer. But before we let you go for the summer, what's going on with the baseball team? Man? Are, are they back? Like, is the pack back? What's happening? So this after is- starting one and eight in the ACC and four and nine overall in both the Division One baseball and Baseball America, the two major polls, State is ranked in both of them with three games to go in the regular season. Is that not insane, Evan? That is insane. I don't understand how that happened. (laughs) So they came out today. State is 23rd in the D1 baseball rankings, and State is 24th in the Baseball America rankings. That came out after a 4-0 week this week, a 9-1 win on Tuesday against Wilmington at home, sweeping number 16 Pittsburgh on the road this weekend. Uh, Just a great weekend for State. A couple of the big highlights from this weekend. Johnny Butler was named ACC Player of the Week. He he went 9 for 18 this week, had three home runs in State's last four games. He currently leads the entire ACC with a 387 batting average, which is 10 points ahead of the guy in second, which is awesome. Evan Justice had two saves Friday and Saturday. Reed Johnson went seven and a third Friday. Matt Willison went seven innings on Sunday. And I also want to shout out Chris Villeman, who started State's game on Tuesday against Wilmington and pitched the last two innings of State's 10-3 win on Sunday at Pitt. In his last two outings against Wilmington and Pitt, he has thrown 10 innings. He has recorded 18 strikeouts, and he has given up just three hits. That is that is pretty good. Um, that is, yeah, that, is that is pretty good by uh, by pretty much all standards. So hopefully some things are coming together for state as the season winds down to an end. And that has been that has kind of been the harp all year is state is good when state starting pitching is good. When you have two starters go seven innings and your bullpen guys are throwing well, that that's going to be state's recipe for success. Even Saturday, Sam Heifel didn't particularly look great Saturday. He threw four innings before they pulled him. State used three different relief guys over the course of five innings, Andrew Tillery, Dalton Feeney, and Evan Justice. Over those five innings, only two hits were given up. That was a 9-7 to win engineered wow. by a late home run. I mean – this has been – State has really found some guys in the bullpen who have found their role. Andrew Tillery has been great the past few weeks. Dalton Feeney, after starting really slow to begin the year, has been fantastic. It's been so reassuring to see that. Evan Justice has found his role as a closer. He's got a nasty slider that he struck a couple guys out on both Friday and Saturday night. Saturday he said afterwards that – that that last slider he threw with a couple guys in scoring position up to that last slider he threw was the best pitch he'd ever thrown in his life. He said that in the press <laughs> after the game. He said he was so pumped up, his adrenaline was flowing. I mean, just a huge series win for State. I think that was, let's see, I think that was State's fourth sweep in ACC play because they swept Carolina, swept Virginia Tech, swept Boston College and Pitt. So, yeah, Um so, yeah, and, I mean, State, I think State has played their way into a two-seed in the NCAA tournament, regardless of what happens the next couple of weeks. In D1 Baseball's regional projections that came out today, they were being sent to Knoxville with Tennessee as the one-seed, State is the two-seed, 
Maryland is the three seed and Wofford as the uh, as the four seed. Um, and you, you got to be careful with some of those small schools like Wofford. They can be kind of deceptively deceptively solid at baseball. A certain other podcast might not quite think that. <laughs> um, I'm not going to throw any names under the bus, but there were some other discussions on another NC State podcast that that small schools and beating small schools even in the postseason doesn't really mean anything, but but that's not true at all. These small schools can play. I remember when um, I, mean, I believe they played Virginia when Steven Strasburg was in college um, right. at the University of San Diego. Um, or check that actually, San Diego State. Um, he, uh, he transferred to San Diego State and – that was who Virginia played as their four seed one year in the NCAA tournament. And, you know, that San Diego State might not be a name that jumps out to you when you think of great baseball programs, but, I mean, Steven Strasburg is a 10-, 15-year MLB veteran. If that's your ace pitcher, I mean, you've got to go all out on Friday night and play well. Um, State ran into a situation like that, I believe it was 2016. Navy had some All-American pitcher that State had to go against on Friday, and and State ended up winning that game, but he gave him a tough time. Um, you know, these small schools are, are no joke in baseball, and, and that's that's what's crazy about the baseball postseason as we inch closer to it is you've got to bring it every single night. Um, a, a week from, let's see, tonight's Tuesday night, so a week from today the ACC baseball tournament will be starting. That's always a great week. And it was awesome that the ACC announced that it's going to be in Charlotte and it's going to be 100% capacity if you want wow. to go so how awesome is that? State's upping the capacity of Dope Field this weekend. I know some of our Red and White Network guys were talking about going. How awesome is that going to be, man? Dope's going to be full. And for the first time all year, Dope will be full, and I'm not going to be able to go to one game. I'm so upset. <laughs> I'm so upset. Well, <clears throat> since you tease it, I'll go ahead and put it out there. I'll put it in the middle of this podcast so that people have to listen. But I've got four tickets to each one of – the games Thursday, Friday, Saturday for the State Florida State games this week. And if you want any of them for the weekend, just shoot me an email or DM me on Twitter, Red White Podcast or Red and White Podcast at gmail.com. And they're yours. We'll keep this for our listeners. So, yeah. I want to go back to the small school thing real quick and I'll throw shade on them. It was IPS. And I told Henderson, I tell him, I'll tell us to Henderson all the time. He, he needs to up his baseball game there. Uh, but like coastal Carolina won the college world series, right? They're not, they're considered a small school, I guess. I mean, absolutely. So baseball's crazy like that. In particular, he was talking about how NC state making it to Omaha in 2013 wasn't a huge success because on that road to Omaha, um, State beat Binghamton, William and Mary twice, and Rice twice to get to Omaha. Well, let's gotcha. kind of dive a little deeper into that. That William and Mary team beat Ole Miss twice. Ole Miss, who if if you do yourself a favor, Evan and I kind of talked about this the last time we potted together how drastically behind state is in terms of their baseball facilities. When you listen to this, look up the Ole Miss baseball stadium. I can't remember what it's called offhand. And that place sits about 11,000, 12,000. They're known for their beer showers after home runs amongst student in the outfit, students in the outfield. Everybody throws their beer up in the air. It's a really cool atmosphere. Ole Miss that year had like two All-American pitchers that because William & Mary beat them, State didn't have to face. So clearly William & Mary was doing something right. And Rice. Sw- 
Swayze Field, Oxford Swayze, State. Swayze at Oxford. That place is unreal, man. Those SEC oh, baseball cow. stadiums are palaces. It is Mississippi State's another school that has an awesome one. But Duty Noble is unreal. But anywho, uh, that that William and Mary team beat that Ole Miss team twice. That William and Mary team was clearly doing something right. When State played Rice that year, Rice had gone to Eugene, Oregon, and beaten Oregon, who was one of the top eight teams and was a national seed. That Rice team that he was like, oh, Rice isn't, Rice is this little no-name school. That Rice team won the national championship in 2003. Ten years, less than ten years from when that super regional that State beat Rice in was held. I mean, that was less than a decade ago. Rice was winning national titles. Yeah. And, uh, and like, you know, I, I like Kenderson, but, man, that was – my blood was boiling listening to that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not going to be honest. I mean, Fresno State won the national championship in, in 2006. In, in 2016, when, when Coastal Carolina went to the College World Series, there was another small school that was there, if I'm not mistaken, in the College World Series. I remember offhand UC Irvine has been to the College World Series in the last 10 years. Um, Stony Brook has been to the College World Series in the last 10 years. I mean, these small schools, you know, I'll kind of tie this back to an argument we make all the time, which is we talk about investing more money into football all the time. Well, all these programs that don't necessarily have these great, illustrious football programs or don't even have a football program at all, look at Dallas Baptist. Dallas Baptist has hosted most multiple regionals in the last 10 years. Guess what? DBU doesn't have a football program. That's not something they have to put money into. A lot of that money does go into baseball. Coastal Carolina throws their lot, a lot of their money into baseball. ECU has a worthless basketball program, so guess where a lot of that money goes? A lot of these programs put more money into baseball than they do basketball. It's, it's not necessarily a, a tit-for-tat of, oh, I mean, this school, you know, State has a much larger budget than this school, so State should beat this school. That is not always the case in baseball. Aside from the fact that baseball is the flukiest sport on the planet to begin with, there's a lot of inequities in baseball that that are really to the bigger schools' disadvantage because these smaller schools know that baseball is something they can compete in. And that's another thing going back to the SEC, even at that level. Mississippi State was the first school in the country to really invest in baseball and make baseball a priority. And that was because they weren't any good at football in the 80s. They weren't any good at basketball in the 80s. They said, hey, let's go all in and let's be good at baseball. Ole Miss kind of followed that. And as a result, those are two of the better baseball programs in the SEC. Vanderbilt is in the same boat. Arkansas is in the same boat. Those are probably four of the six best programs in the SEC next to Florida, next to LSU, and you could probably throw South Carolina in that. And, and those schools aren't any good at football. Arkansas's had some decent basketball teams, but those schools aren't any good at basketball for the most part either. Like I said, Arkansas is getting better with Musselman. They were good with Nolan Richardson back in the day. But, you know, baseball is, is, is a strange bird in itself at the college level. And I just – I got the argument that he was making, but it wasn't necessarily factually correct in my opinion. All right. <laughs> That was a mouthful. I'm very sorry. That was some really bad radio. Uh, no, you got you got a good. You, uh, I mean, I know you got going the other day when you were listening to that podcast. So I'm glad you could get it out. But yeah, I agree. Uh, so where do we go from here? Right, this, the 
I remember you saying something. This team started what four and eight, four and nine, or one and eight in the league, right. and pretty much everybody was giving up on them, or yeah. at least disappointed in the way they started. Right? As you and I talked about, as like, can they turn this around? And then, you know, this is a weird correlation, but some guys got kicked off the team, and all of a sudden, yeah. this team started playing better. It was very strange timing, and I, and I know it's causation is not correlation. But it was right around that time when things started getting better. And they started, you know, the starters started going deeper in the games and they were less reliant on the bullpen. And, you know, what do they know to start winning? Right. So where do they go from here? So since they since that four and nine record after getting swept by Louisville State is twenty two and five. Um after after getting swept by Louisville, they played at UNC Wilmington on Tuesday that Tuesday and won. The arrest happened on Wednesday. So, you know, 21 of those 22 wins have happened post all that mess that went down with those players. <laughs> and, you know, I don't want to say it. Perhaps it was addition by subtraction. We'll never know. Um, right. we, will, we will never truly know. But I know it's been a – I remember walking out of that Louisville series after getting swept thinking, I have to watch this team for like two and a half more months. I don't know if I can physically <laughs> take this. But it's been much more enjoyable. I mean – Starting with that win over Wilmington and sweeping Carolina on the on the road, which I'm going to yeah. talk about every chance I get. By the way, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's been it's been a fun back half of the season. But where do we go next? So State has a huge series this weekend with Florida State. Florida State is ranked 16th in the D1 baseball poll and 12th in the Baseball America poll. They're sitting at 28 and 19 overall and 19 and 14 in the ACC. Similar to State, they kind of started slow. Before April 1st, they got swept by Pitt and lost two out of three to Wake Forest, who's last in the ACC. But they come in having won five straight series over Boston College, Georgia Tech, Troy, Notre Dame, and Clemson. Their pitching staff is phenomenal. They have the lowest ERA in the ACC at 320. Their starting rotation is great, 17-7 and overall. All three of their starting pitchers rank in the top 10 in the ACC in strikeouts. Bryce Hubbard will probably get the ball on Friday. He hasn't given up more than five hits in an outing since March 27th. He's gone into at least the sixth inning in his last five starts. He's 6-4 and four overall with the 326 ERA. To me, their best pitcher is the guy they'll throw Saturday, which is Parker Messick. He's second in the ACC with 109 strikeouts. Six and two overall and a two seventy eight ERA. And did I mention, by the way, that both of those guys are red shirt freshmen and had never played ACC ball before this season? So that's pretty strong. Um, as far as their bullpen, they have get this: they have six pitchers with at least sixteen relief appearances and have ERAs below three. So their bullpen is strong. Chase Haney leads their bullpen with 30 appearances. Jack Anderson has 37 and two-thirds inning, innings pitched. This Florida State group is no joke, man. They have a couple of big power hitters. Uh, let's see. Matthew Nelson leads the ACC with 20 home runs and 59 RBI. Second in the league with a 773 slugging percentage. Reese Albert has 15 home runs. Elijah Cabell has 14. Got a couple guys who can really mash the ball. Then they've got guys like Tyler Martin, Martin's a great contact hitter. 39 of his 46 hits have been singles. He leads the league with 43 walks. 
He's the team leader, and I think he's second in the ACC with a 465 on base percentage. They're a good team all around. I mean, Mike Martin was the head coach there for 40 years, and now his son Mike Martin Jr. is the skipper there. Florida State is always going to be competitive. They're another program with great facilities. They've got a great coaching staff, great recruiting area, just a great a great baseball program in general, one of the great storied ball programs down south. And State-Florida State games are always fun. These teams have had some real – Nuking it out series in the past, had some fun ACC tournament matchups. My heart is still kind of broken from the 2015 ACC tournament championship game. Um, But there have been some fun matchups between State and Florida State in the past. Longtime conference rivals, two awesome baseball programs. And not to mention, Doak Field is going to be at full capacity for a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series with State coming off a sweep. Man, Doak's going to be rocking this weekend. And they're pretty close. <clears throat> Excuse me. They're pretty pretty close, right? I mean, I think what are we, 17, 13 at the moment? And they're right. So 19, we're 17 and 13, and they're 19 and 14, which will bring up that brings up another conversation. Like I said, this is the last series before the ACC tournament. Um, it is a huge advantage to be one of the top four teams heading into the ACC tournament. The ACC, not everybody makes the tournament like in basketball. The top 12 teams make it. It's looking like Boston College and Wake are both going to be the teams who miss out on it. There are going to be four three-team pods. If everybody in your pod goes one and one, the top seed advances. So it is a huge advantage to be to be one of these top four seeds. As of right now, State is the fourth seed, I believe, behind Notre Dame, Florida State, and Georgia Tech. Pitt isn't far behind. Louisville isn't far behind. It would be it would greatly behoove State to to win the series two out of three, clinch a top four spot, and be one of those top four seeds. So they only have to win. Uh, so they only have to win one game in the in the ACC tournament. Um, assuming everybody else goes one and one, that would be that would be huge. The ACC tournament in baseball is always a blast. Like I said, that'll be next week. I'm sure we'll probably do a podcast in between the Florida State series and the tournament, kind of previewing um, the ACC tournament in general. How are you feeling about this series? I mean, it's look, man, it's until State proves to me they're not going to win a series, I'm going to bet on State. I mean, Florida State is a great program with a great team, but I just, the way State has been playing, the fact that Dope Field's going to be at full capacity, like I just, I just, I just like State going into this weekend, man. If the pitching holds up, it's going to be hard to to pick against State, and I think that's going to be an argument heading into the ACC tournament as well. One of the biggest issues with State in the ACC tournament in the past has been that they haven't really had a fourth starter. Thanks to Chris Villeman, that's not really an issue this year. I mean, State is State is a solid ball club, and under a normal year, State might be playing for a chance to host in these next two weeks. This year, how the NCAA did it because they wanted programs to be prepped with COVID protocols, they released last week the 20 possible hosts. And after the uh, after the conference tournaments are over on Selection Monday on Memorial Day, they're going to pick the top 16 of those 20. If they had announced 30 hosts, State probably would have been in it and would be playing for a host spot, but that's just one of the COVID effects. 
it stinks. It is what it is. I believe the the NCAA kind of got bit by doing that in softball. I think Duke is a one seed, but they're having to travel to Georgia because of the fact that they weren't one of the 20 hosts to something ridiculous like that. It's it's really dumb. Huh. I, I can't begin to understand baseball postseason in a regular year, let alone this year. So, yeah, that's it's already crazy enough as it is. Yeah, Pods we'll, and regionals and super regionals and yeah, absolutely. We'll kind of we'll do a preview before the ACC tournament to kind of talk about that. Then we'll do cool. one for the regionals. That that'll be a good for all, all us ourselves and then the red and white listeners. I know there's a lot of a lot of newcomers to the college baseball world in the red and white network, so I think it'll be great <laughs> to kind of do that. Um, so that so that we can kind of talk about how the regionals will go, how the ACC tournament will go. Um, just to give a little sneak peek about that, like I said, it's it's four three-team pods. The winners of the four pods advance to Saturday um, where there will be two games of those four teams, and then the cha- the winners will move on to the championship game Sunday. Get a little more in-depth um, next week. But, yeah, it's, it's always a fun week. Three games a day, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, two games Saturday and a game on Sunday. So, from 11 o'clock in the morning till midnight, you can watch baseball on, on the Bali Sports Network or whatever it is now. Um, <laughs> so it'll be um, – that's that's always a super fun week. I always look forward to that. I hate it's not in Durham. I hate the ACC's moved it. But um, but it, it's in North Carolina regardless, so I really can't complain. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Wolfpack-related baseball question for you. Where's Carlos Rodon doing at the moment? Carlos Rodon has done well, man. He's setting some records all over the place. The White Sox themselves are putting together a pretty good year. I mean, obviously he's um, obviously Rodon had his no hitter. That was a big deal. Currently, Rodon is sitting at five and one with a one forty seven ERA. So I'd say that is that's quite solid. He's had two complete games. Obviously, one of those was his no hitter. Um, or check that. Um, check that. He's only had one complete game, which was his no hitter. He threw through six outings. He's given up six earned runs, which is, which is quite solid. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. So um, the White Sox themselves are are having a pretty pretty decent year. I think they're in first place in the Central right now. Um, I know they beat the I know they beat the Twins like sixteen to four or sixteen to five or something last night. Um, so yeah, Rodon's having a good year. Um, Turner's having a good year up in DC. Always nice to see the the state guys, the hashtag Pack Pros, doing well at the next level. Yeah, we've had a couple of them, right? P- Preston Palmero got signed by the Angels. Andrew Kisner has been up. Former catcher has been up with the uh, the Cardinals. Cardinals right? So right. yeah, that's been uh, that's been pretty cool. Kiz was a Kiz was a great ball player at state. He was just one of those solid contact hitters, just just Mister Consistent man. So it was always fun to watch him play. Last last one here. I don't think we talked about it, but the one of the state's commitments, baseball commitments, got drafted in the uh, MLB draft, right? Top ten, or or so he's projected to be. The draft's in a couple. Oh, okay. But uh, so yeah, Khalil Watson, who's a shortstop from Wake Forest High School, um, he is projected to go like top ten. So I will be honest, I doubt. He comes to state. Uh, I know ECU, ECU ran into a similar situation. Mackenzie Gore was a left-handed pitcher 
from Whiteville High School, which is a little 1A school that is a straight baseball factory in Whiteville, North Carolina. He was picked third overall and had a multi-million dollar contract. Jordan Adams was a four-star football and baseball recruit from Green Hope that was committed to Carolina um, that was drafted, I think he was 16th overall. Um, And I'll give you a little tidbit about guys getting drafted – about guys getting drafted that were pledged to play um, at the college level. Did you know that Mike Trout was committed to play at East Carolina before he got drafted? I did know that. I actually heard that before. There you go. Look at at Evan brushing up on his baseball. (laughs) I had heard that before. Yeah. We've had some crazy ones over the years. Trot Nixon, right? That's the famous state state one. Um, Yeah. Trot Nixon, uh, won a world series with the Red Sox in 2004 right. was a big piece of that was going to play was a quarterback at New Hanover high too. People say he was a better football player than he was a baseball player in high school. Yep. yep. So, so yeah, Peyton green is another guy. I believe he goes to green hope high school. I, you know, he's not quite as highly touted as Watson, but there's a chance he'll get drafted. I'll be interested to see what those guys do. Baseball is, that's another thing that's unique about baseball as opposed to football and, and basketball is you have to recruit good players, but you can't recruit too many great players because you're going to lose them if you do. Right. Speaking of losing players. Oh, dear Lord. Here we go. <laughs> Wanted to throw that transition in there for you. <laughs> Get back into my my wheelhouse here. I, I know people are speculating right now. and Matt Coe and I did a whole members pod uh, for that I'm going to be posting a little bit later too. But um, – what are your what are your thoughts on the Manny Bates potentially leaving situation? So I mean, so I've kind of talked about this. I would not be I would not be opposed necessarily to to blowing up the roster and kind of starting over. But when I talked about blowing up the roster, I meant you know doing well in the transfer portal, getting guys like Philandris Fleming, getting guys like Jaden Gardner, not just guys randomly leaving at the 11th hour, <laughs> um, uh, not the Shaq Moore saga of, uh, you know, is he staying, is he leaving, is he staying, is he leaving? Right. Uh, that's not really what I meant by that. Um, you know, I, <laughs> oh gosh, I just, man, I, I just, I, I don't have an ounce of optimism towards the men's basketball program right now. It's frustrating. Hopefully they'll get things geared up and, and on a positive train, but man, I just, I just don't foresee it happening. You know, if Manny decides to leave, best of luck to him. I, I don't I don't know what's gonna happen. I wish I did. Um if if Bates does leave, Keats better be ready to uh to get some size in the portal man because cause state's gonna be lacking in some size and rebounding and strength if he does leave. That's gonna be that's gonna be really frustrating to watch from just a, just an aesthetic standpoint of the game. I just don't think there's a whole lot of big guys in the portal right now. I, impact, high impact guys. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they do, right? I mean, I, I would assume they end up pushing uh, Gant to the five spot, right? You know, he's six eight. He's athletic enough to do it, and right, save that scholarship for a guy that can shoot, right, and and go small. It's yeah. it's not good when we need shooting because we don't have any good shooters and we need big guys because we don't have any big, good big guys. That's just you, – you probably need one or the other. So. <laughs> it so, is a um, bad combination. 
So, yeah, it would be nice to just have one of the two. Um, but right now, State really doesn't have any. I just, I don't know, man. It, it, it's frustrating to see the the path I think this basketball program has been going down. Me and James, shout out James from the pod chat. Um, that's my guy. He, uh, me and him have been joking around that our ceiling this year is six and fourteen in the ACC. Um, <laughs> so, Oof. so, yeah, and and that's just man, it's the development of how this basketball program has moved over the past couple months has been frustrating. Not just from a gameplay standpoint. Even after this season was over, I was just kind of like. I was just kind of like, you know what? Maybe they'll hit the portal hard. Maybe Keats will get some guys in the program he wants to have in the program. And maybe next season was be, would be a lot better. We knew this transfer portal was going to be an absolute whirlwind, but it, it certainly didn't. It certainly didn't want to uh, work out. Certainly didn't work out in the state's favor in the end. Maybe, maybe come this basketball season, I'll be asking for the the staff and tally to turn on Young Sheldon as opposed to. Turn <laughs> Um, oh man! So let, let me ask you this one then. You know, Matt and I talked about it, and do you think? Let's say he, let's say Manny leaves, right? Because that's the speculation right now. What is does that say more about the state of college basketball or Keats's program in general? I mean, you know, I understand the argument of. Um, of the state of college basketball in general. I know this offseason has been wild, but you know, if this had happened two months ago, I would say, oh man, this is just the state of college basketball. I mean, it is May 18th. We've been out of yeah. school for two or three weeks. You know, exam graduations already happened. Exams have already happened. Like, I should not be getting text on my phone like, hey, Manny, there's a good chance Manny Bates is going to transfer. I shouldn't be scrolling through the pack pride boards and like have no idea if one of our biggest contributors is going to be on the team next year or not because he's going to transfer somewhere else. I, I just I would get it maybe if it was an NBA draft thing, but it's not. And I, that that to me is kind of what points it back to to Keats, in my opinion at least. I, I you know I, I understand the state of college basketball, and it may truthfully be more of that, but from my perspective, with it being as late as it is. I mean, it's almost freaking June. It's almost Memorial Day. Like, I, like we shouldn't have trans players transferring out this late, man. If you're not going to get quality guys coming in this late, and you, that's going to be the excuse, you can't have quality guys leaving this late. I think that's that's kind of where I am. Uh, I don't think. Yeah, I, I don't know. To me, it's just another. It's just another thing in the series of red flags. And I've, we've had some questions all along and kids are going to leave. Right. So I don't, I don't really hold any stock in it and put any, any value in the fact that a guy transfers, but when a guy who is your starter, he played 20 some minutes a game last year. He played every minute he could possibly play that when he wasn't in foul trouble. Right. And, you know, going forward, there's nothing. There's no one behind him. He's going to get more minutes. He's going to be more of a focal point. He's clearly developed somewhat from year one to year two. What doesn't make any sense, man? It doesn't line up for me. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense that I can just write it off as, "Hey, a kid wants to leave uh, for another opportunity." It's like, what? 
what other opportunity could you possibly want? Right. You would think with it being pretty much certain that, that Funderburk is leaving, he'd be excited for all the more, you know, the minutes he's going to get and, and all the more chances he's going to have at rebounds and points and stuff like that to make his draft stock look better. You, you wouldn't think a guy like that would be wanting to leave when you're pitching, hey, you're going to play 30 minutes a game in the best basketball conference there's ever been. So, I, you know, that's just that, – that, that to me, it's puzzling. That's really the only word I know how, I know how to describe it as. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. And I just – it's getting harder for me to defend Keats just because of all the things that are happening, all the things we're hearing, all these – I don't know, just – red flags and you start putting these pieces together and I'm like, man, what's really going on? That's, that's, that's what I want to know. I think that's, there's a question in there for me. Right. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's, it's been a whirlwind of its own to follow that whole situation. I probably haven't followed the, the transfer portal situation as closely as I could have, but it's, I just, I just it's been it's been frustrating to watch from an from an NC State perspective at least. I you know, I do think these new guys like Morsell, like Gant are gonna have stuff to offer, but yeah. I don't think it's gonna be a big enough to the point where I mean, I don't expect State to ter- make the tournament next year. And in year five, I don't I don't think I should be saying that. That I you know, I have I have zero expectation for us to make the NCAA tournament. We're this is a basketball program that has a ton of potential but it just hasn't been been tapped yet i think if state were to get the right guy then then there would be a a a numerous amount of doors that could be unlocked and and chances for success but at the end of the day like right now keats just hasn't proven to me anything that that he is and maybe he'll prove me wrong this year maybe things will turn around but right now man i i just I don't know. It's it's frustrating from a fan standpoint, um, and that's why I count down the days till baseball season in February because because uh, it, it distracts me a little bit from the the men's basketball stuff. So who knows? Next year maybe maybe they'll shock me, but I'm I'm really really tempering my expectations. I think it might finally be the year where state fans have realistic expectations for once, right? I think everybody. At least now, something will change. We'll get excited and kind of get our hopes up. But right now, I think a lot of people are in the wait and see kind of mode. Yeah, and, I mean, I, you know, yeah. yeah, I, I thought this portal would work out better than it did. I sound like a record, broken record. It didn't. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of wait and see. I, I'm like I said, I'm tempering expectations. Anything good or positive we do this basketball season, I'm taking it as a bonus. I, I'm expecting the worst, hoping for the best. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it's where we'll leave it. Unless you got anything else to add? All good. Like I said, catch the boys this weekend, Thursday and Friday at 6.30, Saturday at 1 o'clock. Everybody's playing Thursday, Friday, Saturday because of the upcoming ACC tournament. Uh, huge series against Florida State. Buy some tickets if you get the chance. And and like Evan said, Evan's got some free tickets. Email him, right. him a text. All three games this weekend. P- take your pick of which one you want to go to. It'll be you'll have a blast, I promise you, man. Baseball at Doak is is a fun experience. And I know it's going to be pumping with a, a full capacity crowd this weekend. All right, brother. You enjoy Moorhead City Marlins. Don't have and, to tell me twice. 
<laughs> and I can't wait to talk to you again later on and get some more insight into, you know, when we get to back to, to baseball and whatnot, but I want to hear some more, more head city Marlins stories. Absolutely. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. As always go pack, go pack. I was raised by the waves.